to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh hey, hey, if you are obedient you are calling the bible alaba shake bredo sokolo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 Pandora's box was opened. Yeah. Mm. Yes. I have a question. Is it wrong to believe positive vibes? The universe, the universe brings you stuff and all. Let's go. Ask this question again. Annie, okay, this is your so, opportunity. Uh, let me read something that made me ask that question. Um, mm. Okay, so um, my friend put this one as status. It says, Dear universe, may the energy of the full moon manifest abundance and good fortune in my life. Mm. And then captioned it, shan shan energies, positive vibes, shan shan. So mm. that's why I was asking if it's right as Christians to believe in positive energy, mm. positive vibes, and the universe manifesting abundance and fortune. Okay. I hear you. Now, mm, I will tell you this. Let me begin with um, if, if, if at all you are going to worship something and seek direction or good fortune from it, it has to have certain qualities, okay? For example, if one reason why we worship God is because he is inherently good. But another thing that makes God God is his eternal quality, right? Let me show you a scripture. Let me begin from a scripture. First Peter chapter 3.
actually second peter chapter 3 and i'm going to read verse 10 good i like this amplified are you there oh let me just share this so that you can all see what I'm, I'm reading all right uh and um i'm going to show you two important scriptures that you should know about the universe two important scriptures that i'm going to show you about the universe um number one you need to understand this the bible says but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And then the heavens will vanish with a mighty thunderous roar. And the material elements will be destroyed with intense heat. And the earth and the works that are on it will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you be in the way you live? So there's something that we are exposed to here. Because, because already we've been told that heaven in itself at the coming of the Lord, the earth, the atmosphere above us. And these people are describing the universe in a way that they can best describe it. They are saying that it will be destroyed at the coming of the Lord. It will burn with fervent heat. Are you saying that? That means it's got an expiry date. Okay, let me show you another scripture. Um, there's something that Jesus Christ said. Matthew 24, verse 35. Matthew 24. Verse 35. I want you to look at this. Huh? These, uh, these words are in red because they are the words of Jesus. Number one, there's what we call the omniscience of God. Omniscience comes from the, a word which means he knows everything. That's what omniscience means. It means he knows everything. There's nothing that God does not know. He's the, he's, he's the ultimate person of knowledge. Number two, God is omnipotent. That means God, God possesses all power. God possesses all power, and he is the source of all power. Okay. And we say all power, all power is from God, but not all power is of God. So there's no power that does not trace its source from God. But the fact that all power is from God does not mean it is of God. It's like, for example, we can make a knife to be cutting onions, 
and the purpose is to cut onions, but someone can use it to chop themselves or to kill someone, to stab someone. So we can say all knives are meant to cut onions, but not all knives do cut onions. Other things do bad things. So the fact that the power is being used for wrong reasons does not mean it cannot trace its power back from God. Because even the devil himself was created by God, but the Bible says he corrupted his wisdom. Or oh, let me give you an example. If we believe every person was created by God, right? We believe every person was created by God, settled. And the gifts and talents that they have are given by God. It doesn't mean they use all their gifts and talents to serve God. There are people who use their knowledge to make weapons. Let me give you an example. There was one point when uh, Albert Einstein was called by Hitler and he wanted to be kept by Hitler so that he could create atomic bombs for him. And you look at Albert Einstein, he had the wisdom and he had the knowledge to do it, but he snuck away, he ran away somewhere because he didn't want to use his... So he, that, that gift that Albert Einstein was from God, but he would have not used it as of God. That's important for us to also establish. Number three, the last, um, the last attribute of God is called omnipresent. That's to mean that God is everywhere at the same time. There's nowhere where God isn't. God is everywhere at once. That's how come even on Sundays, we worship God in this church. It's happening in other church. It's happening. We are calling on the same name of Jesus. And, and then miracles are happening. People are getting blessed. See, because God is everywhere at the same time. That's important for you to understand. Now, in being omnipotent, that means God is all powerful. One aspect that qualifies him to be God is the fact that he's omnipotent. That means all powerful. And part of omnipotence is also to mean he's got power over life. There's something that makes Jesus Christ God, although he was a human being. There are some claims that Jesus Christ made that makes him a human being, that, that, that do not just make him um, any other human being, but those claims make him God. For example, let me, let me show you this. Here's what Jesus Christ said. Here's what Jesus Christ said. In verse 17, he says, For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it back. Now, you must have power to lay your life down and take it up again. Are you seeing that? These claims that Jesus Christ makes are very strong for a human being to make, even today. Even now, we, we hope that when we, when we, if we die, we will be resurrected. Not that we we'll resurrect ourselves. Nobody ever talked like this. Jesus says, no one takes it away from me, but I lay it down voluntarily and I am authorized and have power to lay it down and to give it up. And I'm authorized and have power to take it back. Are you seeing that? In other words, Jesus Christ was saying he's got power to die, but he also has power to raise his life back. That makes him God. There's no person who's ever died. You know, history has it that Lenshina said she will resurrect after she dies, but she never resurrected. 
You see that? She died and she never came back. So, one attribute of a God is that he must be eternal. Now, there is something that disqualifies many other gods from being eternal and from fitting into the three elements that make God, God. For example, there is nowhere where you read even in the Quran that Muhammad or even Allah raised someone from the dead. There aren't such accounts. Muhammad never raised anyone from the dead. But Jesus, whom they just claim was a prophet, worked all these miracles and said he will put his life down and bring it back. And he did. And records, actually, historic records, show that when Jesus Christ came back from the dead, he met people for a period of 40 days. There's something special about this personality called Jesus Christ that makes him God. And when we read in the Bible, we are told that in the beginning he was already God. You are descri- he described like that. Now, here's one thing I have against the universe. That does not qualify it to be God or to be worshipped. There are certain things that it is not meeting. For example, the universe in itself, has it breaks down. There are things that are wrong with it. And the objects within the universe break down. There are things that are wrong about the universe. The universe, the Bible shows us clearly. Even science tells us that the universe has undergone a lot of changes. The universe changes. The universe does not have power over scientific processes that happen to it. Even scientists are able to study the universe and they're even able to manipulate it sometimes. There are certain things they plan to do. They've discovered wormholes and how they are able to manipulate them. They are are working on theories to manipulate them in order that they may be able to pass through um, or, 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 or change the way we exist by manipulating the space-time continuum. So these, these things are subject to change and they're subject to human interference. So there's, there's a place where they do not fit in to be God. You've ever heard of meteors and how they crash in space? There's no order. That, and and, and you, you've been reading about that meteor that they are saying it may crash on Earth. You know, and we may have darkness and we may have all these things going on. The universe in itself has things that happen to it that just show you that it lacks order for it to assume the personality of being a God. And even when you read the Bible, people who did not have enough access to people who did not have enough access to scientific insight but use the spirit of God, began to predict certain things about the universe. Let me give you an example. And by the way, these are things that even scientists have discovered. I was showing you um, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, The day of the Lord will come like a thief. And then the heavens, now, I want you to mark this word heavens. 
Okay? Yeah. Heavens. It's not heaven. It's heavens. It says the heavens will vanish with a mighty and thunderous roar, and the material elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and the works that are on it will be burnt up. Are you seeing this? So the use of the word heavens there is the word universe because they did not have this word. That's why he talks about the, the heavens and then he comes down to the earth now. So he talks about the universe and then he comes down to the earth. These things will pass away. They have an end. So they cannot be God because one element of God is omnipotence. That means all powerful. And one element of omnipotence in the sense of power is that the person that's calling himself God must have power over their life. The way the Lord Jesus Christ, this person called Jesus, claimed that him he would die. And after he dies, he will raise his own life back. But the universe will come to an end. It will crash. And it will not even be able to... Let me give you an example. Things that are happening in the universe that are so questionable. Like just look at how the earth itself as part of the universe has got greenhouse emissions. Look at how the ozone layer is being eaten up. It's so weak that we just have to do one or two things against it. We just have to bring about the monoxide and one or two things. And then part of the universe, okay? The earth is part of the universe. Remember that. It's easily being eaten away. It's easily being eaten away. That's how come we have all these, um, what, what are these campaigns that are going on? about the greenhouse effect, environmental issues. Why? Because the, 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 the universe itself has a weakness. It's got a weakness. And I'll tell you where the weakness is finally. I'm just giving you sub-weaknesses. But it's got a weakness within it itself. And you cannot worship it because it does not fully qualify to be God. Now, let me, let me show you this scripture also. Matthew chapter number 24 Verse 35. Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. Here's what the Bible says. Matthew 24, verse 35. It says, are, are you saying that it says heaven and earth as now known will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Jesus Christ confirms these arguments that Peter also made, that a lot of scientists have also made. You read about the apocalypse and all that kind of stuff. So. These things will come to an end. The universe in itself is helpless. It's hopeless. There's a place where it will come to an end. But Jesus Christ said, but my words will not come to an end. In other words, he himself will last forever. But the heavens and earth will fade. Are you seeing that? So you cannot, you cannot put your hope in something that will end. Now, that does not mean you cannot worship it. People worship everything. People worship their jobs. You know? People worship their success. All these things come to an end. For one reason. Here's one reason why. 
the universe cannot be worshipped. And this is the reason why um, we shouldn't expect so much from the universe. Look at this. Genesis chapter number one. Remember, I told you something interesting. I, I, I said the heavens. I didn't say heaven, okay? There's a reason. This is the reason why we must not put our trust in the universe. For this reason, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the, heaven and the, the heavens and the earth. Are you seeing that? The heavens and the earth. That's the reason why we should not worship or expect anything from the heavens. Because they were created. They are creatures. That means they've got a lifespan. Anything that has got a beginning has an end. So, there is something that logically and following any, by, by all scientific, by scientific arguments, the universe has got a period of time it came into being. Even by Big Bang Theory, part of the universe came into being. And also, scientists cannot explain how the universe came into being. But the Bible shows us that the heavens and the earth were created by God in the beginning. So they've got a beginning and they've got an expiry date. When you read the scripture, they've got an expiry date. Yeah. That's why you cannot put your trust in them. Let me, let me read to you what Paul said. Because these things for worship in the universe and what the world says is not something that is beginning just recently. Uh, Colossians chapter number 2. Paul uses very strong words himself. Colossians chapter number 2, verse 8. Okay. He says, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception. He calls it pseudo-intellectual bubble according to the tradition and musings of mere men, following the elementary principles of this world rather than following the truth. The teachings of Christ. Are you seeing that? There's a version that says of the universe. I've forgotten which one it is. The NLT calls it spiritual powers of this world. Human traditions and the world's way of doing things. See that? The reality is in Christ Jesus and the word of God and not any of these things. That's what Paul is trying to say. Because you'll be misled by people's thinkings, philosophies, and even science. It can take you away from the truth. But all these things, including science, they are creatures. They were created. Even the devil was created. But nobody created God. Hallelujah. Now, should you expect good vibes from the universe? How? What power does the universe have? 
The only power that the universe has is the power that is given to it by God. The same way the, all the power that you have is the power that is given to you by God. So, I don't know what people mean by power. Like, the new moon has started, therefore you are going to expect the universe to give you, like, new vibes. Okay? Maybe because you want to start afresh, it's a new month. Yeah, maybe yes. But not anything supernatural, you know? Because if you now start getting into the issue of this is November and it means this, those are horoscopes. And the issue with horoscopes is biblically, you do not use, you do not use the universe or you do not use the moon or the months or the years to determine your future. Why? Because now you'll be involving evil spirits. You'll be involving spirits and you'll be using powers of darkness to, 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 to determine the course of your life. And you make the universe and stars your gods. That's a realm of witchcraft. And God told them specifically not be, to be doing this. Let me show you a scripture. Um, Deuteronomy chapter number four. Just share my video. Deuteronomy chapter number four. This is the reason why for you as a Christian, you cannot say it's okay. It's not okay. Your Bible denies you. For them, maybe it's part of what they think because they work with evil spirits. But for you, you can't do those things because the word of God does not allow you. Deuteronomy chapter number four. Verse 19. Here's what the Bible says. God begins to give them certain teachings. I'll begin from 16. He says, See to it that you do not become corrupt and make your own carved idols. Don't make statues um, that represent men or women, any animals on earth, any creatures with wings that flies, any creature that crawls on the ground or any fish in the water. Don't let yourselves be tempted to worship and save what you see in the sky. Are you seeing that? Yeah. Take heed lest you lift your eyes to heaven. And when you see the sun, the moon, and the stars, all the hosts of heaven, you feel driven to worship them and save them, which the Lord your God has given to all the peoples under the whole heaven as a heritage. Are you seeing that? Is God is basically saying, don't worship the sun and the moon. Don't worship the heavens or the atmosphere. I gave those things as a gift to you. And you're supposed to benefit from the sun. You're supposed to benefit from the moon. When it's bright, praise God. When it's sunny, praise God. We can make solar energy. When it rains, praise God. But don't, don't worship the rain. Those things were just created and they were given as a heritage to mankind. Do not worship the creature. Worship the creator of the creature. So it's, 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 it's reducing yourself to begin worshiping the things that were just created. The rain was created. There are many things that were created that God does not like that people worship. Although those things are a gift. And I talked to you about some of those things Sunday last week. It's not the first time people are behaving like that. For example, uh, and these days it's more intellectual. But Paul highlighted some of those things. Look at, for example, um, Romans chapter number 1, verse 20. 
He says, for since, crea- for since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that men are without excuse. Then the Bible goes on to say, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, nor became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and, and, and creeping things. You see, they began to worship other things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the last of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever and amen. You see, they began to worship things that were created rather than the one who created them. Now, it's not just worshipping uh, things like, oh, they began to worship, they began to, they began to worship uh, four-footed animals, they began to worship gods that they created and they formed. That's part of it. But there are other things which were created and which have been created by God, which people worshipped, and they make a god out of those things. Okay? For example, he continues to explain in the very next verse that God gave them up to their vow passions. For even women exchange the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men live in the natural use of the woman, burnt in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of error which, is, which was due. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that? M- meaning... For example, sex was created by God, but people began to worship it. They began to make a God out of it. They began to... Some people have a career out of sex. Sodom and Gomorrah. People had careers and a lifestyle out of sex. And it's repeating itself today. They're inventing things that God did not create. So they are worshipping the creature and they they, they are perverting the creature. Worshipping the creature rather than God who created it. Some people worship success. Let me give you an example. Because success is given by God. When you read the book of Deuteronomy, I want you to, see, to, to I want to show you this. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. Here's what the Bible says. This is powerful. This is powerful. The Bible says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth. Are you seeing that? That means God can make you wealthy. God can create wealth, opportunities for you to be wealthy. But imagine people begin worshiping the creature, wealth, rather than the creator who made it, which is God. And some people by doing that now begin inviting evil spirits. Because when you read in the past, God began to tell them not to worship the creator. Like he's telling them in in, in Deuteronomy uh, chapter number, you know, uh, Deuteronomy chapter number 4 verse 19 that you cannot turn to the moon or to the stars to begin worshipping them and begin using omens and practices of divinations and trying to tell what this month is going to do for you, you know, no you use the spirit of God you use the spirit of God the spirit of God can lead you our leader for us is the spirit of God, not the moon why should you look for the moon to give you good luck and good vibes and let the the, 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 the universe, which is weak in, in itself. The universe is weak in itself. It's got flaws, both scientifically. And even people of faith have shown you that it's got weaknesses. It cannot be good. You are reducing yourself to that place. And also you are stopping a higher power, God, in the name of Jesus, 
who can help you even better than the so-called universe. Hallelujah. Yeah. Somebody said, oh, then you cannot, I think it was precious. You can say, you cannot look at people who, you cannot, what about those people who have no knowledge of God? Number one, thank God you, you were born a, a believer and you've got an opportunity. Thank God you're not that person. You know, who's whatever. Maybe they were born Satanist or whatever. You, thank God you're not that person. Yeah, thank God. That, you have to be thankful. For example, I was born in a believing family. My father is already a pastor. They taught us the word of God growing up. I cannot, I cannot change the word of God by saying God will be merciful to the one who was not born in a Christian family. My, 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 my own is to thank God because I was born in that place. And number two, I must have the urgency of preaching the gospel to the person who did not have the opportunity to be born in a family like mine. So that they can also meet God the way I was given the opportunity to meet him. And that is why Jesus, in his wisdom, gave us the ministry of evangelism. To go out and win lost souls. To gather men to him through the power of the gospel. Yeah. We must not be lazy. We must preach the gospel. Because there are people who have no access to it. Now, we are not going out judging them. No, we are not out there judging. We are out there to make sure that even they meet Christ. Because Jesus went to every place to preach the gospel. And here's what he instructed us. He says, go ye into the whole world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's powerful. That's powerful. We've got work. We've got work. Someone said, oh, so what about those who never met Jesus? They were born, they were born some religion or what? I don't know. What I know is the Bible says to go and preach the word to all creatures. And what I know the Bible says is Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. If you have an opportunity to be saved and give your life to Christ, don't, don't say, don't say, what about others? Who have not met God. And then you begin to assume because others have not met God. God in his mercy will just bring them into his kingdom. When he has already set away in his word. You can't be wiser than the gospel. Your own is to thank God that you are saved. Make sure you live the best life you can live in righteousness. And then bring people to salvation. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if we had not... There are, there are people, they are good people, but somebody has not just yet preached to them. Now, you don't create your own scriptures and start thinking on behalf of God when God has already said his word in his scriptures. You just preach to them. Don't say, oh, no, maybe after all, God will be just merciful. No, no, there's a law. You can't go before a judge at all. Oh, judge, I'm sorry. You are proven guilty of doing something wrong. I'm sorry, judge. I'm sorry, judge. I've learned my lesson. No, you can't. You have to be sentenced. Okay, I'm done.